0: If you would take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 40 this morning as we are in the series of why not me? Why not me? Well a lot of times we ask that question because not necessarily we want God to mess with somebody else's life we just don't want him messing around in ours and so we ask God well why me? Why Is this happening to me? Well, a lot of us have a phrase that we say from time to time, and it's the title of the sermon today. We say a lot of times, God bless you, or may God bless you, or bless you, or whatever it is. Now, a lot of times you say this when somebody sneezes. Uh, Sometimes you say it just as a way of wanting God to bless whoever it is that you've just talked to. It could be for a variety of reasons, but let's just imagine somebody around you sneezed and it's not COVID uh, related. Let's just say somebody sneezed. Your natural reaction is to say, well, God bless you, most likely. Uh, There are a variety of other uh, things that you could say, but where in the world did that come from? Well, there's a lot of explanations as to where that phrase came from when somebody sneezed. In fact, one of the oldest ones is that there was a belief that someone's soul exited their body whenever they would sneeze and they would kind of give a a hint that this person was about to lose their life. And so it was a way that people would hear someone sneeze and then administer some blessing on them because their soul uh, left their body and they would eventually get it back when they would catch their breath. But it was a blessing, hoping that when their spirit came out of them in that sneeze, that it wouldn't get snatched by the devil. That was an original thought as to what that meant. Some people believed, and it's just as old of a belief, that you actually sneeze to expel a bad spirit and so when you would sneeze that this bad spirit would come out of your body and it was a way of saying bless you you know you finally got rid of uh, of that and so we're happy and we're glad and it wasn't a we're nervous for you that you won't get your spirit back but we're glad that you got rid of that one uh, another one was bless you during the time of the bubonic plague or the black death, people would sneeze. And much like our time frame today, when someone sneezes or has some kind of nasal something going on, we just immediately think that it may be COVID related. Well, back when the bubonic plague was a thing, they couldn't get a handle on it. And so when somebody sneezed, it was a sign that their time on this earth was drawing near, that they obviously had the Black Death, and it wouldn't be much longer, and they would die. But now we say, bless you, almost like it's a passing thing. We don't even think about saying, bless you, when somebody sneezes. We're not thinking that they're, oh, I don't think, thinking that their spirit leaves their body or they're getting rid of a bad spirit or that their time on earth is coming to an end. It's just one of those things that we say. And I wonder if wanting God to bless someone really comes from the heart or not. If we really look at someone's life and pray that God blesses them. I wonder if sometimes when we look at our own life, the way that we want God to bless us is maybe too specific. God, I want you to bless me, but I want you to bless me like this. God, I, I, I want your hand on my life and, and I, I want to experience your blessings, but as long as it comes when I want that blessing and as long as it's packaged the way that I, I want it to be. So if I were to say, I pray that God blesses you, or if I just said to you, God bless you, maybe you're counting the dollar signs in the back of your head and, and thinking of your bank account or, or, or thinking about a car that you hope to buy or thinking about some dream vacation you hope to, th- to take and you think, yes, I hope that God blesses me. Or maybe there's some pain in your life. Maybe there's some issue. Maybe there's some problem. If I were to say to you, I, I pray that God blesses you, in the back of your brain you're thinking, yes, I hope God takes that away. I hope God does what I hope that He will do when I hope that He will do it, and I hope He answers it in that way. The desire for God to bless you may not look like you want it to look, and it may not come at a time that you want it to come. So are you really serious when you say, God, I want you to bless me? Well, I hope and pray that as we look at Genesis chapter 40 this morning, and you see the way that God blessed Joseph, that you will also say that even if Joseph was entitled to say, God, why me? Why is all of this happening to me? maybe like joseph you can say god well why not me why not turn all of these difficulties in my life turn them around as a blessing and help me to see your hand on my life the way that it's meant to be and because we're going to look at the entire chapter of genesis chapter 40 rather than standing and reading these the passage together i'm going to do a lot of summarizing and point out a couple of specific verses to you this morning but I do want you to be prayerful as you hear from scripture today that your life is blessed your life is going to be blessed and your life in the past has been blessed as a child of God and ask God to just take those shades of rose-colored glasses off this morning and Get a dose of reality of how God chooses to bless you. And may we all leave here today rejoicing of how God has chosen to be a blessing to you. Well, the first way in which God hopefully opens our eyes this morning is teaching us about being a blessing along with Him blessing us. You'll notice inside the bulletin there's this short little outline that I'm going to follow this morning in the message. And the first emphasis that I want to make this morning is simply this, to be a blessing in your time. That is, in the time that God gives you on this planet, choose to be a blessing. Now, as we looked at this text as the previous chapter last week, what we noticed in Genesis chapter 39 is this. We noticed that Joseph had been a blessing in Potiphar's house, Potiphar being the chief of, or the commander of Pharaoh's army. And when Joseph was sold into slavery, he was purchased by Potiphar. Perhaps, as I have surmised, the second most important person in Egypt, second most powerful person, chief commanding officer over the entire army to keep Pharaoh safe. And here's where Joseph lands. Well, the Bible says in chapter 39 that he was a tremendous blessing to the house of Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife had an eye for young Joseph, and she wanted him to be with her, and he refused her offer. One day she goes to grab at him, to pull him into the bed. She grabs a hold of his garment, and he runs away out of the house. And she's clinging to that garment, and she blames Joseph for trying to take advantage of her. Joseph is thrown into prison. At the start of chapter 40, Joseph is still in prison, but now there's even more injustice done, not to him, but to the cupbearer and to the baker. These two servants of Pharaoh have been thrown into prison. And the Bible says in the first couple of verses of chapter 39 that both of these men have a dream. And if you remember back in chapter 37, Joseph was also a dreamer. He had dreams, and I'm not talking about the goofy kind of dreams that we have where we're chasing something or running through a field of daisies or something ridiculous. These are actual visions from God that Joseph had That also these two men in chapter 40 have had and the Bible tells us that after they had these two dreams they were upset because they didn't know what they meant now notice what it says in verse 8 in chapter 40 they said to Joseph we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them and Joseph said to them do not interpretations belong to God Please tell them to me. Now to you, this may seem like a simple sentence in a chapter that is talking about dreams and interpretations. But the reason that this little section is in Scripture as God's holy word is to tell us something about God through the character of of joseph now let's just do a little recap on the life of joseph just in case you're unfamiliar joseph in chapter 37 was hated by his brothers and they were jealous of him particularly about the dreams that he had and the coat of many colors because of the love that came from his father his brothers decided in that chapter to kill him and then one of the brothers the oldest one said let's not kill him, let's just throw him down in the pit and leave him there. Judah, one of the other brothers, said, I got a better idea, let's sell this guy and let's get some money out of this and let's sell him to these Ishmaelites that are going to Egypt. Joseph hated by his brother, sold into slavery, lands in Potiphar's house, has to serve in a foreign country to a person he doesn't even know, in a culture he's unfamiliar with, and he's thrown into prison on a false charge, and here he is, confronted by two other men who were thrown into prison as well. The Bible says they have dreams, and Joseph says, These interpretations belong to God. Tell me what the dream is. Now, what does that tell us about God through the character of Joseph? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it tells us. It tells us that Joseph is a servant and someone who desires to be a blessing to people he has no business being a blessing to. You see, what got Joseph in trouble in the first place is his father sent him to check on his brothers while they were tending sheep. Joseph said, I'll go. Joseph goes to the first city where they're supposed to be. They're not there. He's wandering around in the the wilderness looking for them. He gets told they're in another city and he goes there to check on them. That's what got him in trouble in the first place, is having compassion and a desire to check on the welfare of his brothers. Then he lands as a slave in Potiphar's house, and he serves so well and so faithfully and is such a blessing. The Bible says that God blessed every single thing in the house, not only what he did, but the owner of the house, all because of Joseph. Now he gets thrown into prison and then at the end of chapter 39 the Bible says that the the ruler over the prison puts Joseph in charge of all the prisoners because he was so faithful and such a blessing even in prison. On a false accusation, this Hebrew boy is thrown into a bad situation time after time after time, and he always comes out as a blessing to people around him. When Joseph goes to these two men and says, these interpretations belong to God, tell them to me, and he interprets these dreams, he is being a blessing in the worst situation he's ever been in in his life. amen and so many times we get in a bad situation and what do we do we go over in the corner and we pout and we sulk and we get mad at god and we say i don't like this i don't want this i'm not happy about this and what does the bible show us that joseph did joseph made the best out of the situation and chose to be a blessing to any person that came into his life friend this is the lesson that we learn from scripture there are bad things that are going to happen to you that happen to every person in life but how you handle those moments is either going to point people to the character of Jesus or they're going to show people a sour attitude that just constantly blames God for not blessing you the way that you want the Bible reminds us Joseph blessed people he had no business being a blessing to. He had a blessing attitude in a situation he had no business being happy in. He pointed people to the one true and living God that he had no business pointing people to. And yet time and time again, he constantly displayed the character and the nature of and the very heart of the Lord Jesus Christ all the way in Genesis chapter 40. What you do in difficult moments is either going to point people to Jesus or point them from Jesus. You're either going to display the person of who Jesus is and you're going to lay out before them this is how Jesus has treated me. Everybody else ran out, Jesus ran in. Everybody else says this about me, but Jesus has forgiven me. Every other thing in my life has just gone downhill, but God has continued to have His hand on me. I want people to see Jesus in spite of the good times and in spite of the bad times. I don't want them to think that the good times are because I've worked hard. I don't want people to think that the bad times come just simply because I'm not a good person. Because both very well may be true. But the blessings that come into my life may be in spite of how hard I work, God may just bless me even more so on top of that. And the bad things may exist not because I've done anything wrong, but because God has a way of doing something right through it all. I read this past week of two ladies in a German prison who have been fined a hefty fine for getting in a fight in the lunchroom. Now here these two ladies are, and they are fighting over, of all things, mashed potatoes. Now there's a lot of different food I might fight over. Mashed potatoes is not one of them. But one of them flings mashed potatoes at the other. The other one then picks up the whole... uh, bunch of mashed potatoes off her plate, throws them at the other one, and then the other one takes the plate, throws the entire plate, and then you can guess what happened after that. Their fines in American money is $3,000 for the instigator of the fight and $2,000 for the person that reciprocated the fight. If they can't pay all of that money, then they'll get an additional 180 days on their sentence on top of what they're already in there for. Well, that's expensive mashed potatoes, if you ask me, and I really don't think mashed potatoes are worth 3,000 dollars a scoopful. But those girls are going to pay for that one way or the other. But listen, how you act when you're in a bad situation will reflect who you really are. And if you get angry and if you get bitter, and if you begin to retreat away from people and away from God and away from the Word of God and if you continue to point your finger and if you continue to live in anger when things go wrong then you're gonna end up asking God God why me but if you like Joseph will say God I'm not in a good spot right now I'm not things are not going well in my life for one reason or another but I'm going to be a blessing not only to you and your kingdom but to every person in my life then you're gonna say God Why not me? Why not use what I'm going through as an opportunity? You know, Joseph would not have been a blessing to these two men had he not been thrown into prison in the first place. And neither would Paul and Silas in the book of Acts been able to lead the Philippian jailer to Christ had they not been thrown into the jail in Philippi. And maybe, just maybe, God knows what he's doing in your life too that He's put you in a situation that had you not experienced that, you wouldn't have been able to be a blessing to somebody else in another way. That had you not walked through the path that you're on in life with the good, the bad, and the ugly to be where you are today, maybe, just maybe, God knows exactly what He's doing and He's positioned you to be a blessing to somebody that you would meet on that path as opposed to a path that is completely different. Now, you might say, God, I don't like the path I'm on. And Joseph could say the same. But I tell you, these two men that heard their interpretation of their dream from someone who had a personal relationship with God are very glad that Joseph got thrown into prison on a false accusation. Because in spite of his circumstance, their circumstance needed to hear from God the Bible reminds us to be a blessing in our time here's the second thing you need to take note of this morning not only does the Bible remind us to be a blessing in our time but secondly the Bible says to be blessed in God's time oh that's a hard one because you see Joseph even though we're talking well of him and his situation Joseph understood something about these dreams now To kind of give you the Randy Revised version of these two interpretations, the cupbearer was going to be restored, and the baker was going to be hung after he lost his head. Uh, These two men had very different outcomes of their accusations. One of them, after three days, was going to be forgiven and be restored to his position, and the baker, uh, that was the cupbearer, and then the baker was rightly accused of whatever it is that he did, and he was going to lose his life and pay for it. So Joseph understood that these two men had very different outcomes of their interpretation. Now notice what happened in verse 14. After Joseph interpreted the dream of the cupbearer, it says in verse 14, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, And so get me out of this house, for I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. Now listen, Joseph is entirely human. He wants to get out of jail. And his hope is that the cupbearer will do him a favor in the same way that he's done to him joseph has been kind to him he says look man when you get out of this joint after three days remember me talk well of me to pharaoh and get me out of here now i'm going to tell you the one thing or one thing that all of us i know struggle with with god and that is timing you see we want god to bless us when we want a blessing we want God to answer our prayer when we say amen. We want it done right then. We want God to do what we want God to do when we want God to do it. Y'all don't look at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. Because I can say this in full confidence that I'm not the only one who prays this way. We all expect God to move quickly and in our time. Joseph is no different. He said, look, you get out of here, tell Pharaoh about me because I've done nothing to be in this prison. And he's absolutely right. Joseph has done nothing wrong. He's been a stand-up guy. He's done everything that was expected of him. But notice the last verse in Genesis chapter 40. The Bible says in verse 23, Yet the chief cupbearer, did not remember Joseph but forgot him you know Joseph could have had a prayer like this God I haven't done anything wrong I've blessed every person in every situation that you have put me in I've not cursed my brothers I was obedient to Potiphar I have been a stand-up prisoner I have blessed these two other prisoners all I did was ask them, ask him to get me out of this place. He forgot about me. You have forgotten about me. God, I've not done anything. Get me out of here. And maybe our prayer sounds something like this. God, I've done exactly what you wanted me to do. I've been a good person. I've raised a good family. I've had a good career. I do honest work at my job. God, I've been a good person. I, I, I go to church. I even stay awake when the preacher's preaching. I do what I'm supposed to do. I serve. I love my family. I do all. Why is this happening to me? And why don't you get me out of this situation that I didn't do anything to be in in the first place? Maybe you've prayed a prayer like that. And if you have, you are entirely human, because even Joseph wondered, why am I here? You know, in Acts chapter 7, there is a sermon by a young man named Stephen, and Stephen is standing before the chief priests and the elders And he's lecturing them and preaching to them about the history of Israel. That's certainly something that, that's a subject that the chief priests and the elders, they're well acquainted with the Old Testament. They don't need a lecture on this. And maybe they don't. But Stephen is recounting to them from the beginning the story of the patriarch. And then in Acts chapter 7, he gets to Joseph. And I want you to listen very closely as to what Stephen says about Joseph in Acts chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. Listen to this. He says, and the patriarchs, talking about his brothers, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him out of all his afflictions (laughs) excuse me (laughs) Stephen just said God rescued him out of all his afflictions (laughs) now look maybe Stephen hasn't read the Genesis that you and I've been reading and he didn't quite catch up on the anger, the jealousy, the selling into slavery, the thrown into a pit, the put as a slave in Potiphar's house and falsely accused and thrown into prison. I mean, go back to Genesis 41 and look at verse 1. It says, after two whole years... Joseph has been in prison now for well over two years, and Stephen has the nerve to say to the chief priests and elders that God saved him of all his affliction? Are you kidding me? But that's exactly what God did. His brothers wanted to kill him, but they didn't. His brothers wanted to leave him in a pit and let him die later. He didn't. His brothers wanted to sell him into slavery and get rid of him and let him die in Egypt. God put him in Potiphar's house. As a slave, he lands in Potiphar's house, and the Bible says God blessed every single thing in the house, even the stuff that Joseph had nothing to do with. God's hand was on it. Joseph gets falsely accused and gets thrown into prison. But God made Joseph over every single prisoner. Put him in a position of leadership. Kept him safe. And now after all this time, he still doesn't get out when he does something good for somebody. And friend, God's hand is still on him. Maybe that's how God chose to bless Joseph. Not by pulling him out of the trouble, but by getting into the trouble with him. Maybe God said, Joseph, instead of taking you out of this bad situation, I'm going to step into the situation and be there with you. And maybe that's how God chose to bless Joseph. See, we love these cutesy little stories in the Old Testament, like Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, isn't that great? You know, Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den and got all the lion, hungry lions laying around and all this, and, 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 and he didn't get eaten. That's great. God, just don't ever do that to me. We love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Look at them. They're just in there dancing around the fire. And, and, and Jesus shows up, and, you know, Son of God standing there all just kind of doing this jig in the fire. God, just don't ever do that to me. We love the story of Joseph, loved by his fathers, hated by his brothers, has all this success and, and has this great name and all of that. God, don't ever do that to me. but maybe that's how God blessed these people. That He didn't remove them from the pain, the problems, and the difficulty. He just stepped into the difficulty with them. And Maybe that's how God's going to bless you. The city of Florence, Alabama, has just received a new logo. Florence, Alabama, the first three letters of The name of their city is F-L-O. They paid $25,000 to a Birmingham company to come up with a new logo. And they took the F, the L, and the O and they made this logo where it looks like a capital F with an L and a zero at the bottom. They see flow with a... Exclamation point, the city of Florence saw a big capital F with an exclamation point. This is what we think of our city. We want to invite people to our city. We give it an F. Now those of you that are unfamiliar with grades in school, that's the worst you could get. And so these people are thinking our city paid $25,000 to come up with the grade of F to say to all of the people that need to come to our city, here's what we think of it, we're terrible. You know, maybe when you look at your life and your relationship with God, you would say, you know what, God? I look at the blessings that you've poured out on my life, I give you an F. Not good. Not when I wanted it. Not how I wanted it. Not the way I wanted it. God, I give you an F. The problem is with us and God, just like with that logo, is it's not the grade of F that the city got. It's that the people looking at the logo weren't looking at it correctly. They didn't see that it actually spelled the first three letters of their city. All they saw is the grade of F. Maybe when we look at how God's hand has been on our life, it's not that God has not blessed us. It's not that God refuses to bless us. It's not that God is slow with His blessings. Maybe it's just we don't look at it the way that it needs to be seen. And from our viewpoint, and in our rose-colored glasses, and in our perspective, God, we would say, that's not at all what I wanted. but in the span of all of eternity. God knows what He's doing with Joseph. God knew what He was doing with Daniel. God knew what He was doing with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And thanks be to the Lord Jesus, God knew exactly what He was doing with Jesus. God did not remove trouble out of their life. God accomplished His purpose through it. And maybe, just maybe, that's how god wants to bless you you may not like it you may not have signed up for it and you may give god the grade of f according to how you want to be blessed but when it's all said and done because god is for you who can be against you god has made you more than a conqueror because he is with you in christ jesus and there is no pain, problem, or difficulty that you can ever face with God that you can't make it through the other side with Him. And some of you need to have that kind of a relationship with God. You've never trusted Him. You've never believed in Him. You've never put your life in his hands and said, God, I want you to make a bless to to bless the mess that I've made out of my life. I want you to make it a blessing. And take who I am, all that I've done, good, bad, and indifferent, and God, I give you everything that I am. Some of you need to do that today. You need to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, knowing that the Son of God has done everything to save you from all of your sin, mistakes, and past failures. And if you were to die today, you could step out of this life and into eternity knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ paid the price for your sin just as he paid for mine. And if you have made that decision and you're sitting here listening to this message today and you say, Pastor, I know that I have a relationship with God. I just don't always see what God is doing. Welcome to the club. We all struggle with God's timing, we all struggle with seeing things the way God does, but that's the wonderful thing about prayer. And Casting all of our burdens on Him, saying, God, would you open my eyes, help me to see, help me to trust, help me to put it all in your hands. God, I know that you know what you're doing from beginning to end, and I know that you love me. God, I trust you even when I don't understand what's going on. And may I say, I pray that God blesses you in His time, in His way, and I hope that you see it. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we are truly blessed to see how you have walked through pain and problems and difficulties in people's lives throughout Scripture. And God, we are blessed today to be able to say, that even when we go through pain and problems and difficulties that we've never experienced before, Father, there may be nobody in our life who is experiencing what we are experiencing even right at this moment. But God, we know that You are an ever-present help in a time of trouble. That You are the rescuer of our soul. That You are the captain of our the pilot, the protector, the shepherd that we need. And God, in this moment, I pray that those that have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ would have their faith renewed and Lord, would you just encourage their heart to know that you are in control of their life. Lord, for those that do not know the Lord Jesus personally, Those that are within the sound of my voice, Father, I pray that you would call them through your Holy Spirit to come to know Jesus today, and I pray, Lord, that they would see all that you have done for them. In spite of all that they have done against you and your word, Lord, you love them because you sent your Son to die for them. And may today be the day that they give their heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.